Welcome back to the Backside Ground Balls podcast. We're sitting here at the Performance Academy in Apex, North Carolina. Uh, super exciting day. Uh, really happy to be sitting down with uh, an Apex native and uh, senior pitcher at the University of North Carolina, Ben Peterson. Thank you for uh, sitting down and hanging out today. Yeah, great to be here. Um, let's talk just real quick a little bit. I know we're going to get into some pitching stuff here, but uh, let's talk about your journey to North Carolina. You go from Apex High School to Appalachian State to uh, FSW, Florida Southwestern Junior College in Florida, um, and then UNC. Kind of talk about how you got there and, and, and the process of going from each stop and, and where you're at now. Yeah, so I was uh, you know, pretty typical uh, lanky right-handed pitcher. Um you know, mid to upper 80s coming out of high school, went to App State, um, started throwing harder there, uh, ended up feeling like it wasn't the right fit for me, um, shot out some emails to the JUCOs in Florida, um, went down, visited FSW, felt like it was the right fit, went down there, um, threw pretty well, got ended up getting some good looks, decided to come back home, came to UNC. Um, your experience at, at, at FSW, how much did kind of, um, you know, being at the junior college level and learning about yourself and kind of being your best coach help you kind of become the pitcher you're at today and, and help, you know, kind of maximize your development in the sense that is it easier now for you to kind of know your stuff and make adjustments when need be because of that experience you had down there? Yeah, so, I mean, I always talk about this with uh, our pitching coach at UNC, Coach Gaines. He uh, – says the best pitching coach is yourself so when you're able to understand yourself you can really utilize another pitching coach because when you understand you know what you're trying to do and what you really need to do to be successful then you can take that and bounce ideas off of him instead of him having to from an outsider's perspective kind of looking in at what you're what you're what he sees and then trying to match that up with what you feel and stuff like that so a lot can get lost and he can't it's hard for him to help you as much when you don't really understand what's going on so what are, what are some of the things, like give me a couple keys for yourself of what makes you successful. You know, when you, when, when you can do these things, A, B, and C, whether it's, you know, a stretch, a, a throw, a routine, a mindset, that you know you're going to be successful that day. What do you need to make sure that you're going to be successful on a given game day? Yeah, so I like the uh, – Adam Wainwright had, the, had this funny quote. He was he's, you know, obviously been in the bigs for – Ever. Forever. <laughs> and so, but it's it's interesting because he's been a starter the whole time. He's like, all I need is six pitches. Wow. Or 12 pitches or whatever it is. He said that everything that he has is a want and then he needs to just throw the ball. And so, like, that's crazy coming from somebody who's been doing it for so long and so successful, um, which I really liked because there's, there's all these things that you can do to get ready and to feel 100%, but you're not going to feel 100% more than – you know, 20% of the time that you're out there. Right. So it's it's finding the way to be as successful when you feel 100% as you do when you feel 90, 80, 70%. So oh. like, yeah, I, 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 just, I think that's awesome too, especially um, when you're working out of the bullpen, right? Because, um, you know, we talked about this earlier, but starters have – they know exactly when they're going. They know exactly, you know, at this time I am going to be on the mound throwing my first pitch. I know that. No such luck as a reliever, right? You know, there's there's a million different situations. Um, how do you stay ready, I guess? Because I think, just from my experiences, one of the hardest adjustments that young pitchers in college have to make is when they are moved to that bullpen. And it, prob it happens to almost all of them. Very rarely do guys go into college and they're a starter for four years, right? You were probably in the bullpen at some point. And 
they've never had to to prepare that way, right? So what do you think was, I don't know, how did you do it? How did you stay ready? How do you stay ready? How did you make that adjustment going from a guy who was a starting pitcher in high school to now I'm out in the bullpen? Yeah, I think I think what actually really helped me was I was, I never treated myself as just a pitcher in high school. So like I would pitch for six innings and then my coach would send me a shortstop. Right. And then like, you know, obviously not good for your arm, not great for, <laughs> and I would also long toss every day. Like right. I didn't, I didn't know all the, like I just threw and I liked throwing. So I think that that helped build my arm strength. So I was ready to do almost anything in college. And then when I got to college, we kind of had a structure where it was, I could throw as much as I wanted and I liked throwing. And so as long as I was not pulling down every day, which is I had a habit of doing, so (laughs) (laughs) may have helped the velo, but probably wouldn't have helped my elbow if I kept doing it. Right. Um, But like just having that structure of in the mentality of I can throw when I want to throw. And so like if I'm a little bit sore, like I can, I know my body enough to be able to, okay, I can air it out a little bit today, not super high intent, but I'm going to stretch it out and be ready to go if I need to go high intent. So it's just, knowing your body and knowing where you need to be before you throw. Yeah, absolutely. And, and um, you know, we're in a day and age now where training so special, specialized and we have so much technology and so many different resources. And one thing that you keep touching on is you like to throw a lot and throwing a lot. And in the past, I feel like maybe that was kind of thought as crazy. You needed an off season. You needed to take time off. You needed to rest. Why is it important for you to keep your arm moving um, every day and be able to throw so much? You mentioned earlier that you take two to three weeks off a year maybe and that's it. What? Why is that important for you to keep your arm going and, and, and always be throwing? Well, I mean, I, it started off that I got bored when I didn't throw when I was in high school. So I just would come here and I would throw. You know, I'd take, I knew I had to take, Danny would get on me about taking a couple of weeks off a year. Um, and then I would want to start getting ready for the season. So I'd come and start throwing again. But, and then, you know, as I got, you know, figured out that, okay, I need to, baseball could have a path for me. So I got more into it. And, you know, I, I looked at Liam Hendricks. And so he went, he was struggling in minor leagues, bouncing up and down. Um, and then all of a sudden he, he started, he just had this breakout year where he had a, Point, you know, nine ERA yep. and it was all everything. Um, and he said the biggest change for him was he didn't stop throwing. He went from his season ending to the Australian season starting. And so he just went back to his old team and he would just go out there and he would just play catch every day. And then he rolled into spring training and his arm felt the best it ever felt. And then that just carried on. And so he said his arm just kept getting stronger the more he threw. And it's the same thing with Bauer. Like Bauer's always been about throwing the entire year. And it, it doesn't have to be high intensity right, throwing right. and stuff like that obviously you need to let your tendons rest and things like that but it's it's just the range of motion and keep moving and keep that feeling and that pattern i think that's big yeah i mean it's huge and it makes sense right when you're when you're trying to train something which you're training your body to be able to throw every day you need to be, you need to do it over and over and over again before it becomes natural and obviously like you're saying you can't be pulling down every day because there's a point in no return um I'd like to, to real quick switch into kind of uh, your experience here at, at UNC. Um, what kind of technology are you guys using? Because that, that stuff I like to nerd out a little bit uh, on the pitching side. What kind of technology and resources are you guys using, and what kind of stuff do you like? Are you a guy who wants to know all the numbers? Are you wanting to know, you know, you're throwing a pen and you're, you're turning around asking what the, the efficiency on that last one was in the axis? Are you kind of somewhere in the middle? Or are you, are you hands off? I don't want to know any of it. Just let me, let me work. 
No, so we have, you know, Rapsodo, Trackman. We just got, we just put in uh, Force Plate, Edgetronics, all that stuff into our pitching facility. So I'm excited to get on that. Um, but no, I do like knowing the numbers and technology. I think it's a, it's, you know, it's like a radar, it's like a radar gun. Like it's a yep. tool. Yep. Like obviously you can't get caught up in the numbers, but if it's something that's going to help me get better and get more guys out, then I want to know. So, you know, when I'm building, when I was, <clears throat> I took last season, I, uh, about halfway through the season, I was struggling with the four seam fastball. I was just getting kind of dead zone carrier with the four seam, and I was like, "Man, I gotta, I gotta do something if I'm gonna be as successful as I want to be in the ACC." So I took uh, one of our analytics interns and then a bullpen catcher, and I went down and used the track man and was kind of playing around with where the four seam was. You know, what does that look like? And then I was like, "Okay, what about two seam?" I threw that in high school, and it, it used to run. I haven't thrown it since then. Right. And so I started throwing that and. You know, it was kind of all over the place. It was either 20 inches of vertical or, you know, 17 to 20 of run. So it was moving just crazy, but I didn't really know how to control it. But I was saying to myself, you know, what – if the four seam's not working, I got to make a change, and this is out of the dead zone either way, so hopefully it works. And then while I was down there, I was playing around with a cut fastball. And, you know, I was able to throw it 88, 89 with negative movement. And so I was like – and. I was carrying it seven to nine. It was, you know, pretty good, pretty solid cutter. And so I was like, okay, maybe I'll just throw this instead. Um, what I make this an easy way for you to answer this, I guess. What kind of number are you looking at mostly break? Are there any other numbers that you're really looking at on some of these pitches? Let's, I guess we can just single it to, uh, uh, the cutter, because I'm kind of interested in, in the cut fastball. And, and I had mentioned earlier, I think they're a little bit underutilized, uh, what are you looking at on the cutter? Is it just the the horizontal and the V-break, or, or you know that if you're at a certain axis on it, that that's when you're getting the movement that you're looking for? No, I try not to play around with where I am at ball release. Okay. I like to play around. If I'm going to do anything, I'm going to start it at the back of the chain okay. because I feel like that that's better for me to control. So, like, you know, if I'm I, – I almost never look at that stuff. I look at where the break is and then – from there, I can kind of tailor where I am on my fingers and things like that, especially when I'm making an in-season change. Like, I, I like making small the smallest changes I can and the ones that I can control the most. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And then here's something that I'm, I'm kind of interested in, uh, not quite technology-based, but as a reliever, you, you have to kind of be available as many days as possible, right? They want you they, they want you out there and, and able to, to come help out and get out every day if you could, right? How do you manage bullpens in season? Because you talk about their midseason um, getting on the mound and making those adjustments with the fastballs. You know, you only have so many bullets that you can pull down and throw from the mound. How do you manage bullpens in season during the week? Are you still a guy who's, I'm getting my one bullpen in no matter what during the week? Or are there some weeks where you're like, I threw twice over the weekend. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to lay off the gas a little bit. Yeah. So at that point, when I was making the adjustment, I had had a string of outings where, I was giving up these weak contacts, or I, where, but I just couldn't put guys away when right. I would get ahead. So I was like, I gotta find a way to be able to put guys away. And so, you know, obviously it seems counterintuitive giving up weak contact to change to a sinker. Yeah, but, <laughs> like that doesn't really make sense. But right. that was what I had to get away from a fastball that guys could either bite off or get their barrel to. Right. And so. And then also the the weak contact with that slurvy, 
pitch. It was it was a bad combination for where I was coming in a situation where I came in situations where I either needed a double play or, or I had to strike out. the guy out. Yep. And so, you know, making those changes were, was big. But I had gotten into a stretch where I wasn't throwing, and I was okay. like, I I got to get back out there. I want to. I I need to be out there. And so I was. That was the change that I made. But usually it was. Back in the season, I was throwing three times a week, so no bullpens. Right. And then, but at the beginning of the season, I'd throw, you know, Friday, Sunday, and then probably not on Tuesday. I'd throw one on Wednesday. Okay, okay, that makes sense. And and are you taking any days? It sounds like you're not. Are you throwing seven days a week during the season, even if it's light catch? Some days, like if we have a long travel day, I'll take that off. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'll throw if we if we're home home, then I'll throw. Even if it's light toss, just 60 feet, move the arm. Every like day. Just nothing getting, crazy. Yeah, getting it out there. I like that a lot. Um, sorry, and then and moving back to you just talked about, you know, needing to put guys away, especially out of the bullpen. Like you said, you're coming in in situations where strikeouts are, are gold. Um, and, and strikeouts right now in baseball across all levels are, are up, and that's something you need to do. Talk about how you go about putting a hitter away a little bit, and obviously I know it varies, depends on who's in the box and, and what they do, but for you specifically, you know, is there a mind, was there a mindset change that you needed to go get the punch out? Is it something where it's, it's if the heart, because I really do believe for whatever reason, and voodoo, and, and maybe it's just made up, but sometimes I think the more you try to do something on that mound in baseball, the less it's going to happen. And and did you find that to be true? And, and kind of how do you go about, hey, I need this punch out. This is how I got to go about doing it. Yeah, so, I mean, the Mental ABCs of Pitching by uh, Harvey Dorfman, I mean, great book for one. But he talks about it, and that, that was kind of what flipped it for me was I would get to these two-strike situations, and I would – you try to be too fine. I'm like, man, this I gotta get this pitch on and down, and I gotta get it, or I gotta. He's not gonna hit this pitch, and so I'd waste it, and I'd get myself into even or negative counts again, and so right. just losing all that advantage that you get when you're ahead. And so the biggest thing is, he's. It's super simple. It's you're in an advantage count. It's an advantage count for a reason. Now, obviously, you don't want to throw a cookie fastball to him, but you got to still stay on that attack mode. So it's pounding through the zone, and if in you know the average margin of miss in the MLB is 17 inches or something right. like that. Right. So if I'm still trying to pound through the zone, nine times out of ten, I'm not going to pound the middle of the zone with right. a you know, breaking ball. I'm going to end up hitting the spot. And so, obviously, as you get more refined, you can tailor your spots a little bit more. But it's not being, okay, i got to throw two pitches that are you know, almost waste pitches back to that negative count trying to get the strikeout. There's no such thing as a waste pitch, in my opinion. I, I I used to hate that term. Like you can waste one here. It's like why? Now I'm just I'm just giving. Now you, you want me to give one away, right? I went o two. I'm o two right now, and now I'm gonna go one two, and then I gotta go back into the zone at some point. Like, right? Yeah. What yeah. the waste pitches is, is like? I I know people are scared of of like oh you can never give up an o two hit, and it's like yeah well an o two hits a strike, and and I want to throw as many as those as possible. So I I don't I, I never understood that. Um. And let's talk about that because out of the bullpen, I always think it's so important, especially in college baseball. And, and obviously, as you go up in the levels, um, all you guys are, are so good that it's not as, as big of a factor. But to me, the biggest trait for a reliever was coming out of the pen and immediately being aggressive and in the zone and attacking right away. Um, because that, you know, it, the second – a lot of times, like you said, you're coming in a big situation late in the seventh, momentum's maybe, you know, 
teetering right now. If you come out and you immediately go two and zero, those guys are swinging off the rafters in the other dugout. Like, oh, we got them, boys! Like, we're, we're gonna we're gonna get to them here. How important is that for you to come out of the bullpen and right away be in the zone and on on top of the guy? Yeah, you gotta. I mean, that was that's something that I struggled with when I was in that rut. Was I would come out of the pen and I would go, you know, miss a fastball just off the plate and just trying to be too fine going away. I didn't want to give up a hit first pitch. Right. You know, just bad mentality stuff like that and so it's just you got to go out there and it's the same thing you got to have confidence in your stuff so it's I know that I'm when I walk out on the mound I'm those guys don't want to face me right they I I, mid-90s fastball good off-speed stuff like I got to have that mentality that I'm that guy that they don't want to face and so when that kind of flipped it's like okay they're scared. They're scared to go out there and face me because this is a bad situation. This is a pressure situation for them too. Right. Right. Like that's the. It's the same thing. It's like, I I always got nervous when I was hitting, but I didn't really get. I wouldn't get nervous when I was pitching. Right. And it's, it was always way more nerve wracking for me to be a hitter, not to let my team down and not drive in those runs versus being the pitcher. And so once I kind of understood that it's it's got to be amplified even more in college. Right. And so it's. I'm going out there and attacking these guys in this situation, and that's when it flipped, and there's way more success with runners on scoring position. That's an, that's a, I love that mindset, and that's awesome, and it's just so huge. I mean, the boost to have a guy come out of the bullpen and be in the zone right away and can, you know, you mentioned before, kind of be in that fireman role. I mean, it's massive, and, and everybody needs them. Um, when when we're when you're talking about attacking hitters and going about it, how do you are you guys are you scouting report heavy on hey I know this guy coming to plate I know his weaknesses or are you more this is what I do best this is how I get guys out I'm sticking with that yeah so the way we get a um, uh, scouting report before this before a series starts or before a midweek game and it's just kind of don't throw this guy here like okay. very very minimal if the guy's hitting you know like if we're f- facing Gell off like right. Don't throw him a cookie fastball. Yep. <laughs> yep. He deposits those. <laughs> he, he, he will hit that onto E-House. Okay? Don't throw that. Um, no, but it's it's stuff like that where it's just very – and then we get runners, guys that were right. that will run against us. Um, but for the most part, which is what I like, it's about what we do well. Right. So if we do what we do well, they're still going to fail all the time. So it, it doesn't matter if they get a hit here or there. We just have to go out and attack and do what we do. Yeah, because that's that's something that I always found um, kind of interesting is is hitting so hard, and pitching is too, but hitting's really hard. So like th- that's why to me it was always like, well, why don't we just do what we do best and 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 let's see if they can they can handle that type of stuff. So let me ask you this then: bases loaded, you know, one run game, maybe big big conference series, three two count or, or two two count. You're on the mound, two outs. What what are you th- what are you throwing? Oh, I mean. If it's three two, I'm going heater. heater. You gotta, you gotta beat me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you, I'm not gonna, well, I'm not gonna try to throw a splitter and right. you know dive under the zone. You spit like I'm hit, hit a fastball. Yeah. Um, if it's two two, I'm going. You know, depending on the batter, I'm either going splitter or that curveball. Yeah. I mean, just. Yeah, yeah. Punch those guys like, out. Yep, yep. Make it and then let them know maybe a yeah. little bit. A little let the dugout know yeah. that you got it done. Yeah, uh, love that. Let's talk about the split fastball right now because um, it's a it's a pitch that obviously in baseball right now is is, is you're seeing more and more of it because it's so effective. Uh, kind of, I you, we were talking about it a little bit earlier, and I thought you said something really interesting. What are the keys for you on that splitter? Yeah, so I have big hands, and so that helps um, just being able to stay on the seams and less out of my hand. Um, 
But the biggest thing is I took Casey Mize splitter and then, which is with the index finger running along that seam. And so when I'm throwing that, a lot of guys are trying, they're trying to stay right in the middle and finish fingers into the ground, which is what I was always taught when I was throwing a splitter at the beginning. But that, I didn't have quite, I kind of had that kind of floating right. splitter and I, I couldn't control which way it would move and it was kind of, it would spin up out of my hand sometimes. And then I went to that grip and I thought about making all of the spin come off of one finger. So guys are always trying to kill spin, you know, you got to kill spin with a splitter. But I found the best way to kill spin was just have it coming off of one finger. So I'd have, it's almost like I'm ripping a breaking ball off of my index finger. And so it's just coming between and it'll still spin at a thousand, eleven hundred around there that's that that's got to be nasty are you ever landing that thing for strikes in the zone? are you ever trying to land it in the zone for strikes or for you is that a just miss action i'm trying to get a chase on that thing yeah i'll land it in there um not on purpose uh, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> i won't i won't quite get through the yep. pitch and yep. it'll, it'll it'll i mean that's the good nice thing about throwing it hard is like i can get away with throwing i'm not throwing an 84 mile an hour straight fastball right at that point when it misses i'm throwing it you know, 88, and it'll still have that hard, almost sinker action to right. it. And so when that happens, I'm like, all right, I'll live with that. Yeah, you also probably lock guys up when you do that. Because yeah. it's, it's one of those things like a backup slider sometimes where it just like freezes a guy. Like what just happened? You know, when Best you, pitch when in baseball. The best pitch, oh, no doubt. If you, could, if you could purposely throw a backup slider, everybody would be doing it all the time. Um, I just a couple quick questions here for you before we wrap up. Don't want to take up too much of your time. We're going to get in the, I think we're going to get in the cage. You're going to throw a little bit for us. Um, what, uh, I guess, do you ever have any ideas? Would you ever want to be a starter again, I guess, or do you two in love with the bullpen role? No, I love doing both. Um, you know, kind of working as a starter in the fall, you know, f- trying to figure out where the season goes, uh, this year, but I like, I like doing both. Yeah. I like having a game where, you know, it's I'm I'm setting the tone that's what I like too because I used to try and you know <laughs> I used to try to explain to guys why the bullpen was so fun because it's completely different when you're a starter you kind of are in charge of the tempo of the game you're in charge of the momentum of the game you kind of set the tone you go out there and, yeah it's great to go out there and if you can dice for seven innings it's great but there's something to be said about being a back-end guy who goes out there thrust into whatever's going on in the middle of that game in the momentum and having such a big outcome of it, I always thought being thrown out of the pen was a blast. Oh, it's so much fun. You know, you're only throwing, especially when you're one of those top guys out of the pen, you're only throwing in the big games. You're only throwing in the tight games. So, I mean, what more? what's more fun than throwing in a tight game in baseball? Yeah. Like The pressure, everything's on your shoulders. There's nothing better. All right, last one for you here. Favorite ACC road trip? Oh, um... I would have to say Clemson – or no, Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech. We went up there and lost the first game, and they came – and we played doubleheader Saturday, and they came out on that Saturday game, and they were fired up, and we just took it to them <laughs> both games. <laughs> took them to the woods. And that was awesome. <laughs> um, that, was a, that was a fun series. I got to imagine there's something – you know, I haven't been living in the area for too long. I've, I've been here for about 18 months now. There's something about that that powder blue that people, especially in the ACC, don't like. Am I right? Going on the road wearing that that logo and those uniforms, I, I have a feeling that that people always like to beat you. Am I right on that? Yeah. <laughs> There's something about it. I don't know. I haven't figured it out. Everyone I've met affiliated, I love the campus. The people have been great. I don't know what it is. There's something about that powder blue that, that gets people upset. Um, last one here. Who's your least favorite guy to face on your team? 
Uh, I would have to say Casey Cook. He's just, for whatever reason, I always try to try to strike him out with the splitter, and I can't. <laughs> I haven't been able to do it yet. I've got him with other stuff, but I can't do it with the splitter. That's awesome. Well, I really appreciate you sitting down and hanging out for us, and for all our listeners, thanks for tuning in. Uh, that's it for the episode. We'll see you next time on the Backside Ground Balls podcast.